Hello and welcome to Rooster and the Villain. Uh, my name is Mike Steenstra. I am a Tottenham fan and I have Jimmy Karn here. He's our Aston Villa expert and we want to give Jake a shout out. He's in hiding after Brighton just got spanked by Villa. Uh, so yeah, he's just kind of hiding in a cave somewhere in El Paso and we wish him the best. Well, the the cave being uh, uh, his at the locomotives game tonight. Um, they are trying desperately to get into the playoffs, playing against the San Diego Loyal SC in their final season after getting uh, shouldered out by MLS in San Diego. So, um, yeah, he uh, he had a rough week for uh, as far as the Premier League goes and, and his Brighton fandom. So, yeah, I mean, I. I... That was the early game Saturday, and I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I actually threw – I was in Atlantic City for the weekend, so I had a little gambling spirit going on. So I threw some money on uh, Brighton, thinking that was a pretty safe bet. And Villa put one in very early and then just continued to pour on and pour on and pour on. What yeah, was they are. Yeah, they, uh, they, just, they scored after um, I think it was 14 minutes. Uh, through Ali Watkins, uh, John McGinn played a beautiful ball through. Uh, uh, Matty Cash ran onto it, you know, slapped her in the middle. Easy, easy touch in for for Ali. Got the goal um, that started uh, three goals inside of twelve minutes. So after the twenty sixth minute, uh, they were up three nothing. Um, Watkins had a goal there. Obviously the first one, um, and then I think there was an own goal in there too for Estupinian. Uh, got really unlucky on a Zaniolo shot. Um, got. I, I was. I was trying to think. I can't even keep track. I, I did watch the whole game. I was trying to keep track of who who all scored. Um, it's hard to. It, what a shocking result, too. I mean, what was that like watching it? It it was. You know, I I sent a message. I think to you and Brad at halftime. You know, like because Brad said something like up the villa. I was like, yeah, I man, it's it's going great. But you know, we were sitting there at three nothing. I was I was nervous because Brighton. You know they are the like they coming into that uh, that week they were leading the league in goals scored. Um, they they definitely can score quickly. Um, and you know they made uh, a litany of changes. Obviously brought on Ansu Fati, brought on Joel Pedro. Um, in the first ten minutes looked really dangerous. Ended up getting a goal through Fati three one. And even at three one, you know how how do you not be nervous? You know I saw three um, one on my app and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe they'll make it a game because. We'll- it was what, like early second half, they put that that goal in. Yeah, yep. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was kind of back and forth for a little bit. Then all of a sudden, you know, Watkins got the fourth goal. I think that really took the uh, air out of the out of the sails for for Brighton. And then Jacob Ramsey, uh, so happy to see him back. He, he got some minutes. Um, you know, I, I think that you know losing Buendia is really hard because he played really well, you know, in the preseason, he looked like a really important part of that team. Um, but like, as far as you're talking about like the future for Villa, Jacob Ramsey, you know, is going to be a huge part of that. Uh, you know, he captained the U21 team at, uh, for England at Euros. Uh, he scores lots of goals. He's, I mean, he had a really good season last year. He was uh, undroppable under Unai last year. Uh, so seeing him getting healthy and coming back in just adds another element um, to our attacking team, but he, he had to cut inside just a stunner of a shot off the inside of the post uh, to go five one, and then you saw um, 
Uh, Dougie, get one late. Ali actually almost scored his fourth goal. He should have scored his fourth goal. Good save um, from Steele. And then Dougie just passed into the back of the net to go 6-1. So it was it was pretty surreal. Um, it was it was nice to see them, you know, even after that, like, you know, 15, 20-minute kind of blip to start the second half where, you know, Brighton showed their class, kind of took it to them, that we were able to overcome that and, and really put on some goals. Uh, the win against Brighton is um, not just scoreline wise, but it was our best win of the season as far as um, the teams that we've played, the class that we've played. So um, it really showed some intent, especially after, you know, um, losing to Everton midweek in the Carabao Cup, um, you know, losing our opening match in Europa League to uh, um, uh, Legia Warsaw uh, from Poland. You know, there's there was some, you know, quote unquote, uh, dents in the armor, if you will. Um, but the Premier League form has been fantastic. It is, uh, it's promising. It's early days, but like you know, to see them put on a performance like that was was really, really nice. Your first game of the season was that pretty bad loss to Newcastle, right? Yeah, then, yeah, then absolutely. And in the last six games, you guys have won five of those games and are sitting in fifth, right above Brighton, uh, even on points at fifteen points, but. You got to be feeling pretty good about that, especially after last season making conference league. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't we talk about your updated expectations at this point? What What do you have in mind for the rest of the season? You know, I I, um, I was disappointed that we went out um, at the stage that that we were for Carabao. Um, you know, we it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Uh, you know, Villa spent a lot of time and money in the off season building depth. Unfortunately. Um, as is with everybody, right? Like everybody goes through this, like you have attrition, um, injuries and stuff like that. Obviously it, it's, it's highlighted by, you know, losing, you know, Tyrone Mings, losing Emmy Buendia, you know, first week of the season, essentially, I think it was within five days of each other to ACL injuries, you know, out for the season. Boom. Um, there's other stuff like we're still waiting for Moreno to come back at left back. Luca Dean has been fantastic at left back, but we're thin on the outside backs. Um, Diego Carlos has been nursing a hamstring hamstring injury. Um, there's, I mean, it's the squad depth that we've built is already kind of thin. So losing care about isn't the worst thing in the world, but I was hoping, you know, we should have taken care of that Everton team at home. We should, you know, I know we're on the road for the first time, you know, in Poland week one, but losing, uh, in the conference league was disappointing. I expect them to still get out of their group in conference league. Um, and I expect now, you know, with just conference league and premier league, and then shortly coming, you know, next couple of months, the FA cup, um, you know, I would expect like a run to the quarterfinals, the FA cup, I would expect to make, you know, a round of 16, uh, quarterfinals of, um, Europa league, you know, Unai Emery has cut his teeth on being a European specialist, especially with Seville, uh, Sevilla and Villarreal. Um, so I would expect, you know, in, and, and honestly, in, I'm not even trying to throw my weight, you know, just being the Premier League with the assets and the the money that we have, we should be taking care of teams in the Conference League. Um, so I'd expect a good run there. And and honestly, I there should be no reason why we can't finish in some sort of European spot in the Premier League. Um, you know that those are my those are my expectations, and those are totally different than they were 12 months ago. But I think that's just the result of the investment that was made and just the 
you see the coaching style, you see it really starting to work for the team. And yeah, there's still opportunities to grow, but um, it's, it's, it's very promising. And so, yeah, those, those expectations are lofty, but um, I don't think unattainable. It is crazy how quickly Aston Villa has come into the Prem and become a mainstay because which teams did you guys come up with? Were you Leeds and Sheffield maybe? I think it was, how long it, was, ago be, was, it, was it was before like, that. So it would have been – it might have been Brentford and Fulham and Fulham yo-yoed. Yeah, Fulham time. first time down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it was. Um, but so a little it's bit of like – support really. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit yeah. of like recent, like recent history is that, you know, we, you know, we were in the championship and, and I – yeah, I say this with an asterisk because, you know, I've only been a supporter since now, I guess, 2020. Um, Jack Grealish's uh, last season, essentially, with, with Villa was the time I was checking out of United with the Super League stuff. So that was 2020, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. 2019, 2020. Um, what, a, what a weird year all around. Yeah, all around. But, like, so Villa coming up in 2019, I believe, uh, was the result of – um, you know, they were struggling. They hired Dean Smith um, from Brentford. Um, he came in, turned the club around, and actually got them promoted. Uh, I, I'll still love Dino for that. But that was also the very early days of the ownership of uh, 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 Nasir and, and Wes Edens. Um, so he's uh, Egyptian money. Nasir's Egyptian money. And obviously, Wes Edens owns uh, the Bucks and some sort of financial capital firm. I can't remember. He's a, he's an American, but they had very ambitious plans for how they wanted to grow and develop um, Aston Villa. It got set back a little bit, you know, Dino did all he could um, and they moved on to Steven Gerrard and that was almost catastrophic um, from a, from a point of it just didn't work out as far as managerial uh, roles go, but they, you know, after firing Gerrard, to be so ambitious to go and basically say, Unai, we recognize, you know, the talent that you are, but you've never really had, you know, like in, in his most successful times at Sevilla, at Sevilla and Villarreal, he did that with pretty tight budgets. Um, you know, Arsenal, he had to follow Arsene Wenger, that he never really got a chance. Um, it's, it's impossible to follow a legend and, and Wenger is a legend. It's David Moyes following, so Alex Ferguson at Man United. It's he, just won, like, he won Europa League there too, didn't he? Uh, did he win that title? I, I think don't, he did. He might have. Uh, we need a fact. We need our yeah. uh, invisible fact checker that we've yeah, been talking yeah. for for the last. Um, but like he, you know, he 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 never got the time there. I don't think they were patient enough, and and Arsenal was still in you know in a transition part of their journey as well. Um, you got to remember that uh, Arteta wasn't that ex- successful either when he first came in. There was lots of old contracts and bad years of contracts that they had to like move out in Arsenal. But like to to for a team like Villa um, with extremely wealthy ownership, don't get me wrong, they have very wealthy ownership. Um, but to be ambitious enough to be willing to spend the money and go out and get the people that they needed to get, getting Unai Emery, getting Monchi now. Um, and and letting those guys really run the football side of things like there's a separation of the business 
and there's a separation of the football operations, and they're very good about letting the football guys run the football operations. And so you're seeing some of that success now, and it's still there's still like uh, lots of opportunities to grow. You know, you see all them go from our record signing being Emmy Buendia at whatever it was, like close to 40 million pounds to absolutely obliterating it this year with Diaby at 60 million. Um, you know, that just shows a sign of intent. I think that this is going to continue to grow. It's, it's, it's fun times. Like I, you know, I, I feel like I really got in on the ground floor of something really, really special with Villa and I'm, uh, I'm happy. And it's, and on top of everything else, on top of, expectations you know even when they lose i still have fun and it 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 never felt like that for the longest time i I feel like the the ownership um you know wants to you know wants to succeed in the right ways and that that's rewarding for me and and the product from the field kind of shows that from top to bottom with the club right unlike those uh red devils from from manchester who can just burn in hell it's really uh really a treat Specifically, Sam from DC Red Devils. I hate him more than any person in the soccer world. <laughs> he can die. Anywho, I do want to get a Dakota. Is that his name? Yes. From our... I want to get Dakota on uh, the pod. I, don't, I think you might listen to the show now. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Dakota if you're listening. Um, we do have, uh, you know, um, amongst uh, with, with Jake and, and – uh, uh, Brad Brad Tyndall in memoriam. No, I'm just kidding. He's still alive. Um, in memoriam, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and a couple other guys. We do have uh, a, a fantasy draft league that we do for for Premier League, and uh, we got we got to meet Dakota this year, who is a United fan. Um, but like, he seems to be, you know, a level headed, pretty fella. yeah, level headed. Uh, right. uh, yes, that, that's that's a good way to put it. So definitely, we'll have him on in the future. Um, I think that. I can tend to be too bashy on United and it's easy to do so, but um, to have some perspective, even like, I know I, I would fun to bash now, now with my whole DC red devils thing, I'm quick to bash United, not as yeah. quick as I am to bash Chelsea, yeah. but I am quick to bash them, which Chelsea did get a win against Fulham. I think it was, uh, they did Fulham, uh, Fulham looked out. list, Fulham looked listless. They, they like, that was a, that was the worst I saw Fulham play in a long time. Um, the The second goal that they got was really like I mean, it seems like uh, like you know low hanging fruit, but Tim Ream uh, like tried to make a pass, like basically gave it away, um, charged down. The guy tried to cross it, and uh, Tim Ream tried to like cleared it into Broha's foot, and Broha scored. Mm. Um, mm. You've you've always loved that geezer. I don't have any love lost for Tim Ream. You know what? I will say I'll say this, and I think I've said this before. Tim Ream seems like an excellent human being. I just don't want him in my back line. How about that? And, and you know what? I don't have to suffer that anymore Correct. because I, I've admittedly given up on uh, my my US fandom. I've, yeah, I've you're team leaned Canada in. now, which is just Full, an awful decision. Which totally. actually makes me a little sad. I still wish you were a USMNT stan. <sighs> I can't. <laughs> just go a little bit. Yeah, I can't. There. Mm. Bad, 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 bad area. Maybe someday yeah. like, when I get back on uh, when so I Fulham, get back on DMX. Fulham right now is sitting thirteenth at eight points. Here, here's the bottom feeders underneath them. I want to wet your whistle for a little relegation talk. We've got uh, Brentford beneath them at seven. 
We've got Wolves, who just came off a city loss with seven points only. Everton, four. Lutton Town, first win of the season uh, against Everton, four points. Burnley, four points. Burnmouth, three points. Sheffield, one. So we're starting to see a little separation on the table between the bottom feeders and the uh, top half of the table. Lutton Town all of a sudden maybe finding a bit of a spark or maybe Everton just stinks like like who who's your early season contenders here for for relegation? Well, I mean, Lutton Town too just lost on uh, they had a makeup game with Burnley on Tuesday, which they lost. That was Burnley's first win of the season as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a comeback yeah. win. Uh, right, yeah, Lutton Town uh, they equalized late, and then then Burnley came and scored the next minute after that. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, I so you know I. I kind of defended Sheffield United last pod just because they had played well. You know, even the the, the heartbreaking loss to Spurs um, and then got absolutely trounced by Newcastle. Um, but, like, I did forget, like, in the, in the offseason, Sheffield essentially sold their three best players from their uh, season last year in the championship, including selling Sander Burge, who was one of their best midfielders, to Burnley, another club that came up with them from the championship. Um, I, you know, I think that the writing was kind of on the wall for that. So I will, I will say right now that uh, it is a stone cold lock that Sheffield United goes back down. Huh. Um, the, the next one, you know, I know Lutton town got the win over Everton, but they just don't have enough for a full season. Um, I see Lutton town as the next team down. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, go. No, yeah, I say the, the the third one for me outside of that. So then you're talking about the, for the last spot, um, Wolverhampton for me has they should have too much. I I, don't, I think they're going to be you know around that relegation zone all year, but they they have too much to go down. You're, you're really talking about a three way battle between Everton, Burnley, and Bournemouth. Um, you know, Bournemouth is fun. So is Burnley as far as like you know being aggressive in their style. Um, but they also stink. They also stink. Well, I think um, one of the teams you could make an argument for for going down. Yeah, I think that the team that is going to ultimately go down is going to be Bournemouth, um, and I think it's going to come down to you know those you know teams fifteen through twenty just beating up on themselves like you know uh, a little bit of a. Uh, you know, try out for the Joker's gang where he you know, breaks a pool cue and, you know, we're going to have tryouts and see who's surviving. That's that's kind of how it's going to be for that that last spot, that 18th spot going down. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to see Bournemouth stay up. Um, you know, I think Burnley um, is has got enough um, to sort of scrape by if uh, if that's, you know, uh, the nicest way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a very entertaining end of season. I, I do think Everton ends up a mid-table squad despite the recent loss to to Luton or Lutton or whatever the Yeah, they, they actually they actually play Bournemouth this weekend, so that's a, a big game as far as you're talking about uh, I mean, Bournemouth's re- relegation about battle. Huge rise up the table with the return of Tyler Adams. Oh wait, never mind. He uh, has a one one game return, and now apparently he's out again with a re-aggravated hamstring injury. Which I do love Tyler Adams, so well, I'm not really hating. I, I can uh, as as a USMNT stand still. Can you 
can you talk to me about like how come U.S. stars cannot stay healthy for a consistent period of time? Like even at the points where their form is fantastic, it just like wears them out. I think that that was always like that was always the biggest thing that you talked about. Like when we're growing up about like American players is that they lacked the technical skill, but athletic wise, they were superior physical beings. We used to out physical people. Why can't we stay healthy? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I'd say, especially among our top level quote unquote stars, doesn't seem like Pulisic can stay on the field for very long. Tyler Adams certainly has an issue. I'd say McKenney seems pretty durable. Weyes hurt a lot. Sargent's uh, hurt right now. Reyna. Reyna hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You bring up a good point. Maybe it's uh, something to do with our chicken pox vaccine. <laughs> anyway, I have no, no idea. Comment. No, yeah, no, no comment. I'm very against the chicken pox vaccine. <laughs> Just kidding for anybody out there. But nobody's listening, so it doesn't matter. Um. You did uh, – so I did give my bottom three. What are your bottom three from like all those teams? I know you said Everton you think is a mid-table. So what – Yeah, what, what I mean leaves? I think – I think I'm pretty uh, – I'm, I'm pretty in agreement with you and it being I, – I actually think it's a four-team for three spots race. Lutton Town, Burnley, Burnmouth, Sheffield United. Anyone above them I kind of deem safe in my mind. Maybe that's uh, – False, but that's kind of how I see it right now. Much to be played. Still so much game to be played. 31 game, game weeks left. We've played seven. In the last two episodes of the podcast, I've said the week incorrectly. So I'd like to say out loud now, week eight is coming up and a lot of games to play. I do want to talk very briefly about the uh, League Two table, the championship table because Leicester has yet uh, they've lost one game they've got nine wins one loss I think we're gonna see them come back up and I'm and Harry Winks is playing every game so I just want to give a quick shout out to Harry Winks uh, Harry Winks and Leicester yeah that's a that's a permanent move too so if he comes back up he's you know it's not like he's going back to Tottenham it is um he is and a Leicester player. Ipswich Town. Do you know anything about Ips, Ips, Ipswich Town in second place there? Yeah. Um, I can't remember their manager's name, but um, very well-respected uh, manager. Like He's got them playing really well. Um, I, I was trying to think of the the player they took on loan. That's actually what I was looking at right now. But they um, – you know, I really like them. Preston North End, uh, it might be early days, but they also looked very promising um, – as well. The goal differential is very weird at the top of the table. They have a zero goal differential in third place. Like They must have had a crazy loss at some point because the rest are 15, 10, plus uh, uh, 12, Dane, 6, yeah. Dane Scarlett, Tottenham player. That's the guy I was trying to think of. He's on. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, he had an appearance with, uh, there, uh, in the Fulham loss in the Carabao Cup. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, they are um they are a very solid squad. It would they, they seem like one that would be um they could be poised to come up but go straight back down. Um you know, I, I it, the the championship is is fucking wild, man. There's lots of teams that are gonna bounce around like uh and that happened last year too, but 
Um, you know, early days, you know, Leicester it's City, yeah. Leicester City's payroll should mean they come right back up. Even after all the guys they sold and moved on, like the guys that are still there, I would be really surprised if Leicester City doesn't come straight back up. They they should based on their payroll. If they don't, financially they're going to be in a world of hurt. Jamie Vardy scored a goal and ran to the uh, ran to the home supporters end and just shit housed. So it's nice to see him. I think he's got three goals this year already. It's nice to see him still out there scoring goals for Leicester City. So, yeah, with them down there, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. But let's jump back to the Premier League. Let's talk about the top of the table, which your Tottenham Hotspur are currently sitting in second place after a controversial win against Liverpool on the weekend. Uh, it was a great game. It's 2-1 to Tottenham. Uh, Sonny got the first goal in the 36th minute. It was a Madison through ball to Charleston on the left-hand side and then a ball into Sun. Just a beautifully worked goal. The type of pass that Madison has been making all season long that has been completely controlling that offense and making Tottenham hum. So it was fantastic to see. But then before that, you saw the uh, Curtis Jones red card, which was a, you know, it was a weird red card because his foot went over the ball and then into the ankle. So it was studs up, and I see why they made the red card, but um, it was weird. You know, I would have been happy with a yellow card in that situation just because the way that his foot kind of rolled off the ball. I think it was into James Madison's ankle, right? I'm forgetting whose ankle that was. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Basuma, but, I mean, it was... Uh, yeah, it was Basuma. It was Basuma. It was, you know... Right that I'm so confident. Yeah, it was literally a lot. It, it like uh, I was watching that with with Brett. Like it is hard on Jones. Like, but it like it is a red card. But I didn't red disagree card. with the yeah. call there. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I was pretty happy with that call. When I saw the replay and saw studs up into the ankle that hard to see the ankle bend that way, Liverpool can stop whining like a bunch of little bitches. Cause that's all they do. Apparently, that's all they do. No, all right. Let's 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 level set right now because they are like I won't I won't say that in the past that he Nine. hasn't been politicking, but there is a certain level here where we're talking about whining because categorically, like the Premier League admitted they got it wrong, and Sonny didn't score the first goal. No, yeah. Diaz so, did. Okay, yeah. Let's back up. Let's back up. The VAR controversy was in the 34th minute, and it was a goal. It was definitely a goal. Luis Diaz on a beautiful through ball, beautiful finish. Everyone's heard the audio at this point. If you haven't heard it, you have your head buried in the sand, and you don't pay attention to the Premier League, or you're off of X, which Jimmy is, so maybe Jimmy hasn't heard it, but it's so clearly onside. Should have been a goal. Sonny scores a goal for Tottenham a minute and a half later, completely changes the complexion of the game. So I get that they're calling for a replay, but it is what it is. Like I don't this is, I don't know what to say. I'm not gonna this feel was, sorry for it. Tottenham no, this, feel sorry for it. No, it, this was my it, statement. You can't you can't go back. It's not a, you don't replay the game. Errors are part of the game. I will say that. Like that is that's part of it. It is it is harder when the errors are away from the field. Like this wasn't even like an error on the field. This was an error from a system that's supposed to prevent the errors that happen away from the field. That yeah. having been said, my only comment was, is that like 
for whatever you want to say about Jurgen Klopp and his politicking and that sort of stuff. Like, And he's not the only one. Guardiola does it. Lots of managers do it, especially managers with more quote-unquote gravitas, right? Like they feel more comfortable calling out whatever. It's not whining. Like like they legitimately got hosed in that moment. So it's it's I will I will let you on every other day say like, hey man, quit whining. But like this is not whining. This is like they got legitimately boned. They do need to move on. I agree. They do need to move on. Yes, they need to move on. Jurgen has a history, a long history of whining. He's he's a whiny little bitch. I I I, I know this situation. Maybe I'm being harsh on him but he's like oh i I can't remember a situation like this has happened before there isn't there isn't name it no no go go on x right now go on x right now and look up the wolves goal and tell me that's not the same situation it's not i've seen it i know what you're doing i know exactly what you're talking about it's not the same that play then it's not. It's it's not the same thing. Like that's that wasn't that wasn't uh, somebody just misreading the play. Like the the referee, the VAR referee, literally didn't see what the call on the field was. He got the fucking call on the like he misunderstood the call. Like that's just straight up like ah man fucking blew it. Like no, it's, like it's not like a, a like a a, a gray uh, you shadow. Is in order though. No, I mean the replay. The replay stuff always bothered me in the first place. I'd rather have the human error than the VAR bullshit. Anyway, it takes the absolute joy out of celebrations. Also, but that's a different conversation. But if you're gonna have this in place, like on the level of, he's not wrong. It is unprecedented. Does it mean a replay? Absolutely not. Like he's gonna have to fucking let it go. But it's just like if if you want to talk about legitimate gripes. This is a legitimate gripe. Like of all the times he's going to complain, it's the most legitimate of times to complain. And that's what I'm saying. You can't be, you can't be dismissive. Like you could, if, if like as a Tottenham fan, you can be like, "Hey man, we won and we'll take the points." I see you. Like I, I realize that shit's fucked, but like happens to everybody. And now we're gonna move on. But it's yeah, unprecedented. You know, a lot of hatred towards Liverpool as a Tottenham fan after the Champions League final, in which. Why? They beat you guys legitimately. That was it's not like they fucked you in the Champions no, League finals. They didn't fuck us, but it was a weak handball. I mean, by the letter of the law, it was a handball on Sissoko, but I'm also sick of I'm sick of Jurgen Klopp and I'm sick of Liverpool and I'm sick of their whining. I just want them to go away. And it will after this week. Once we have games to play and another 100%. weekend of games, it's gone, so it's it's fine. For sure. And truth be told, Gakpo in the forty fifth their 46th minute in the first half equalized. Yep. A Liverpool, you know, hung with them the entire game. Then Jota gets a second yellow. Lost his head. Red card. Yep. Yeah, legitimate red card in the 69th yep. minute. And Tottenham needed a, a Pedro Porro cross and an own goal to win the game. That being said, Tottenham controlled possession in that game. They had 24 shots to Liverpool's 12 shots. Eight on uh, eight on target to Liverpool's four on target. Allison stood on his head, had many, you know, a couple great saves, and Tottenham sitting in second place after Man City surprisingly loses to uh, Wolves on the weekend. So I'm not going to say that the title is in anybody's mind because, like we said before we recorded the podcast, City is dominant. 
Premier League might be a farmer's league now because of uh, City's dominance, and they will just continue to just buzzsaw people. But you have to say, it is kind of cool to see us sitting in second place after after seven games. So that's all I've, uh, all I've got to say about that. Well, no. So I mean, being being second being second place now, like you asked me, like as a uh, a reevaluation of your preseason feelings or expectations, uh, seeing seeing Ange Ball, seeing uh, the revolution, seeing the change in the way that team fundamentally plays without Harry Kane as a focal point. What do, what would you say? How are you feeling now? What are your expectations now? Well, I've got some worries about depth to, uh, right now because Brendan Johnson was out against Liverpool, and he'll be out for a little bit. I just heard today that Manor Solomon also has a meniscus issue. I didn't hear what it was, but it sounded like he'll be out and ha- needs a surgery. So I feel like it's a meniscus tear. So all of a sudden, left wing's looking a little shaky. Against Liverpool, they started with Charleston out on the left wing. So they do have... You know, maybe Richarlison finds a role out on the left wing. Sonny continues great. to play. That, that one time, that one time touch outside of the boot to Sonny, beautiful. Yeah, pass. It's a great pass. It's a great yeah. pass. And Richie's hold up play has always been fantastic. I, I didn't really watch for him as far as tracking back was concerned, but uh, I worry now about our depth there. We do have some nice depth at uh, center defensive mid now. I think Basuma and Saar have kind of established themselves as their regular starters. And then Skip and Hoybier came on late in the Liverpool game, and both are very capable. And then I think the back line's pretty set with Udogi, Van de Ven, Romero, and then Pedro Porat on the right wing, uh, right in the right back position. Like you'll, you'll see Emerson Royale switch into that right back position, but it seems like the other three are, are kind of set. But I do worry about our depth a little bit. Um, I'd love to see a Carabao Cup run. Wink, wink. Just kidding. Already out. Would, would you rather Carabao or FA Cup? I, I mean, mean, I think you guys have the benefit yeah, of no Carabao. European football, right? Like you guys get to yeah, well, Champions on, League, yeah, yeah, and have it a nice deep FA Cup run, and then you know why not hunt for the title until about February until City runs away. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, I. I'm at at this point, like you know, uh, as as Jake would say, let me put my tinfoil hat on. Um, do you think at some level that uh, Pep self sabotages City just to like get them to wake up again, like and go again, like where they like have like a weird loss? Because I feel like they have this now over years. Where like it, the thing is, like everyone's gonna be like, oh, you know, they lost to Wolves, like. What's going on? You know, like are they okay? Blah blah. blah. But they just they like they, they continue. Right? To, they, they they're undefeated in everything else. I mean, I know they lo- they, they did lose um, for the first time in a long time. The last early stages of the Carabao Cup to Newcastle early in the week. You know. You know, I sorry. This is off topic completely, but I caught a bit of the Barcelona game, and Gunduan was on Barcelona. My head exploded. I completely forgot he moved there. Oh yeah. Yep. Weird. Yeah, I don't well, know. Huge difference. Know. Yeah. I don't think Pep has to play mind games. I think it is weird to see like Chelsea spend so much money because in my head I'm like City's only good because they have so much money. But Chelsea spends all that money and they suck. United spends all that money and they suck. City, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fucking deal is. They're always good. I, it's uh, it's recruitment and coaching. 
It's yeah. a it's a combination of the two. And they they did they did used to spend like Chelsea and United early days. Um, but once they had everything in place and established their academy, like when you're able to sell an academy player like Cole Palmer for forty million pounds to Chelsea, like you're you're able to balance the books a lot easier that way. Um and they like I think the thing is people forget like they bought Holland for fifty million pounds because they got him on like like you it's can good. sell people on winning. So like when you're talking about like this player empowerment and that sort of hundred something. What for Holland? Yeah. No, I, I go look it up. I, I want to say it's like fifty million. It was because it was like a last year like last year of his contract deal. Blah blah blah. They spent a hundred million pounds on Grealish, um, from Villa. Million for Holland. Yes. Yeah, wow. mm. they spent. I think they spent more on Doku than they did on Holland. If you look at it, I think they spent more on Matthew Nunez from Wolverhampton than they spent Cal- on Holland. Calvin, Calvin Phillips. How much did they spent? That's on just him? he is he is literally just a British uh, spot on roster construction. Is them. he still in the England squad despite not seeing any time at all on the City squad? I don't. I I, I haven't. I didn't watch last. International window, but I don't think he's being called up anymore. I finally have reached the uh, level of soccer snobbery where the international window fully bothers me. It took a while. You're like, hey, you're yeah. like, hey man, what happened to my weekend soccer? Where, mm-hmm. What is this shit? Where's yeah, my 730 yeah. cup of coffee and my freaking Brighton Aston Villa game? Yeah, I'm especially when you're like four weeks uh, into the season. You're like, you're like, all right, I'm just now getting in like a habit. I know like Saturday's coming up, blah, blah, blah. Another um, international break coming up here too. I'm actually excited this weekend. Um, so I play um, in uh, I call it we, we call it an old man league, but basically like well we call it an old man no asshole league. So essentially, like there's a, a larger group of us that are like around my age, anywhere from like 35 to 50, and we have four teams. Um, and basically, we rented the, a facility for two hours. We have our own referee, but it's basically like organized pickup where we set our own teams and stuff like that a lot of guys at this point are coaches and also we have lots of small business owners that are in a league and um one of the guys owns a bar um in town and i have bitched and moaned about you know no soccer bars in kalamazoo Ooh. but starting this weekend uh uh the sugar bowl uh in kalamazoo is open for early morning games oh, for soccer games. They have uh, breakfast and, and football on. So I'm excited to get out and be able to, in Kalamazoo, take part in some uh, some morning activities without having to go. Like No no, no fault to Speakeasy. Speakeasy in Grand Rapids is fantastic. It's just a long ways away. So um, I don't know. Yeah. If uh, you guys want some help marketing that, I could always come in with the footy club and and – Try I will, yeah, because the footy club is mobile. I will talk to Bill because uh, yeah, no, uh, no. Bill Bill actually he's plays cool. on my team and he's the uh, uh, the owner of Sugar Bowl. So um, yeah, we'd love to um, get the get the word out there. It's 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 fun, the man. Key, the whole key to building an audience is building supporters groups. Does it bother you that it's going to be a Liverpool bar? No. I okay. Promote. All right. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, maybe it's heresy or whatever you want to call it, but I promote all of soccer watching in the U.S. I think the more – you're a snob hat coming on. 
the more we watch European soccer, the better our uh, next generation will be. And just how how great is it to wake up on a Saturday and Sunday morning and watch soccer? It's just fantastic. Anytime people I, want to meet and do that, I'm fully promoting it. So so he's a Liverpool fan. This guy at the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So I I um I don't know if you saw the picture I sent um on Monday, but like uh. Our uh, the guy who runs our league is also a Liverpool fan. Um, oh. He doesn't he doesn't own um, doesn't own the bar, but uh, so I, that's why on our uh, we all have the same shirts but different colors based on what team you're on. But that's why the you never walk alone uh, logo is on our shirts. Um, it's a lot of a lot of that aspect. So yeah, he is a he is a Liverpool fan. But we have a guy a, a guy who plays on my team, Joey, a huge Tottenham fan. He actually has. The full Spurs logo, like his entire calf, is the, the is the cockerel. Um, so he loves Tottenham. So there's lots of guys in that league that actually play. Um, so I, I, I mentioned earlier, we have our 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 quote unquote podcast fantasy league, if you will. Um, I do play in another uh, uh, Premier League fantasy league that's a twenty man league, and it's a lot of those guys. So there's like Arsenal guys in there, United guys in there, Liverpool fans in there. A couple Chelsea guys in there. Um, we have Fulham buddies, uh, all sorts of stuff. So um, it's been fun to like as I got older and sort of expanded like my my window, just finding people from uh, all different walks with all different sorts of Premier League fandom. It's been cool. It used to be such a niche thing, but now it's it's so There's much more mainstream. Fans out there, yeah, it's it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could immediately start a Liverpool supporters group and then apparent i was not at the tottenham uh liverpool game at saints row where we all meet in moco spurs but apparently there's a big crowd i was up in atlantic city uh losing my soul <laughs> walking the boardwalk at night oh baby oh baby actually i i stayed up till 3 a.m the first night very unusual for me and then i went to bed about 12 30 the second night and then i woke up feeling just a-okay the second uh Second morning, so it's all good. It's all good. Lots of lots of bang average golf, is that what you said? It was the longest round of golf I've ever played in my life. <laughs> hours. It was a hundred and thirty dollars, and we played for six hours. I've never seen anything like it. It was miserable. I love golf. I love golf when it's like four hours. Six hours yeah. is insane. Insane. We waited ten minutes before each shot. Like. No one's ever going to play well. Luckily, there's no. beer and other substances. Well, that yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help the the golf game either, though. Like, no, yeah, because you have six hours to you, and at that point you're just drinking. So, yeah, but it was fun. Sure. Yeah, but it was so weird. I've never seen a golf course at that price not police uh, pace of play at all. Crazy shit. I saw you had a birdie. Uh, you had a birdie today. I did. So uh, it was a. Uh, championship round um we made championship um this last week of golf tonight um we did not win we 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 scored pretty well but um yeah on the eighth hole i was about 40 yards um off the green on my third shot and uh had nice little uh uh nice little chip on and just let it roll out Uh, it was it was downhill and trailing away and it was it was fun to watch uh, my partner was actually the, on the other side, and he had like a really cool view of it too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, lost my shit. It was yeah. uh, it was cool. It, it, 
I didn't have a great round outside of that, but yeah, that shot like really made it worth it. So if anybody is uh, out there that plays golf and has the app, the Grint, look, look us up. Mike Steenstra, S-T-E-E-N-S-T-R-A and Jimmy Karn. It's like social media for golf. It's kind of fun. Love it golf. Fun. It Jake's is. probably not a golfer, is my guess. I don't. I don't think so. No. Sure no. But uh, um, you know what? Like, I hope to like randomly end up in El Paso someday and just like we jump will. in on a seven aside game with uh with him. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, reminds me, yeah, I stumbled across this two futsal courts in Rockville where I live. And I emailed today, and, they, and there's no permit to play, so I'm gonna do some meetups, and we're gonna play some fucking futsal. I'm very excited. That'd be fun. Yeah, I was, like a weekend I was, morning. I was gonna tell you that. Uh, no, I mean this is a whole different. Uh, yeah, we're 45 uh, minutes in. People aside. can keep listening if they want. Yeah. No. Uh, um, my mom is getting on a plane. She'll be in DC for a uh, DC DC area all week, um, doing like a. Uh, uh, American history tour. So they're going to like, uh, uh, was it Monticello and, uh, Mount Vernon and, uh, all sorts of stuff in DC and stuff like that. I've been, so, uh, I've been to all those places. So boring. Yeah. So boring. She, she is a, in my she is, she's home. a lovely 70 year old woman who is looking forward to all of that shit. So yeah, it's a good time. My parents loved it. I'm yeah. like uh, anti-museum though. I'm, I'm the guy in there like sh- my head's shaking reading all those plaques. I'm like, give me a good documentary any day. Cause I'm a there is there. Like I am, I am a terrorist now, like as a family, like with a family, like if you take me to like, I'm never going to choose to go to the museum, but if you take me there, I'm going to stop and read every board at every exhibit. <laughs> and it just drives my wife. Absolutely. I necessary. try. I try to read and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> anyway uh do you want to talk about your little conference league matchup or are we not, not going to get this up in time anyway uh i mean i'll still say something uh for the bosnian three people for the three people listening yeah bosnian club uh most are um jake jake's grandma and that's it that's uh, and oh helder yeah, yeah you said helder yeah, yeah helder. um helder you never walk alone, buddy. Remember that. Um, yes, you do. Fuck you no. and your team. I'm glad that VAR controversy happened. No, Helder, you never walk alone, buddy. Um, you, so you never- yeah, most are. What did you say? Villa was like it was like uh, minus like 1200 or something like that. 1250, which is insane. 1250. The highest odds I've um, actually ever seen in my short gambling career. Villa Park has been, uh, you know, outside of the Everton blip, um, fantastic for us for uh, almost a calendar year now. Um, with them traveling, I very much expect, I very much expect again a heavy rotation. But we got to get it right. The guy, the guys on the backup squad need to really step up. Like I, like I said, I'm excited to see Ramsey back. I hope that he gets to start. Um, I don't know if Alex Moreno is ready yet, but he needs to come in to be able to spell. Uh, Luca Dean, um, and we got to figure out what our right back depth is. So, like the biggest, the biggest hurt of losing Diego Carlos to injury, and you know Tyrone Mings to injury, is that Ezri Kansa has been forced to move back inside. 
some of our depth for right back was constant being able to play right back, but with our center backs being hurt, that's been hurt. Um, so we can't afford to have Callum Chambers out there again. Um, uh, I know Leon Bailey's going to be out, or uh, Moussa Diaby's going to be out. Um, you know, I, I love Nicolo Zaniolo, um, and he's been starting a lot lately, um, but he's really got to show me something. I hope that he gets to play and, you know, maybe get some goals and get moving. Uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I'd love to see Ramsey play. I'd love to see Duran start and get a run out. Um, we do have some depth and some guys that need to get on um, on schedule, if you will, the way that the the starters have been playing in the Premier League. And, and they need to do it quickly because if they can't do it, we're going to have to start really looking at who we can trust to play in these in some of these games. But I want, you know... I want a deep squad that gets opportunities to play. So um, I'm hoping again that we see a heavily rotated squad and guys really start to step up. TLA Mons, I, I, I love you. Like Yuri, like for real. I, I really am excited that we got you, but he's really got to show up. Um, we got to be able to play without McGinn on the field. I think that um, I was talking to Babel about this on the weekend. He's like, I never rated McGinn, but McGinn like isn't pretty to watch, but he does so much for Villa, like yeah, uh, I saw yeah, a uh, clip of McGinn with a half volley. It might have been when they were in the championships, and it was one of the prettiest goals I've ever seen. Just this week, and I was like, "Whoa, I had no idea." For sure, yeah. yeah. I, think that was, yeah. Uh, I think that was from the the your um, English Championship um, season. Yeah, um, it was. It was one of the most insane goals I've ever seen. It was like a left footed half volley into the top right hand corner, and it was insane. I was like, I didn't know McGinn had that in him. Oh yeah, for sure. But we, he does so much for us. We we got to be able to be effective without him on the field. We got to be able to be effective without uh, Bubba Kamara on the field. So we need players like Telemann to step. We need Den Docker to to be able to play better, so he can step in in some of those moments too. Um, we're competing a lot uh, across some different areas. We need guys to get on um, on schedule with some of this stuff. And with that, I believe we're uh, at some quick gambling picks. And I think Brad's Lock of the Week lost, right? No, no, no. We did not announce Lock of the Week last week. We didn't do our gambling picks. We forgot them. Oh, we did not. Um, But I'm going to do a quick – I like a three-leg parlay here. Yeah, for sure. I really like Chelsea against Burnley. I think the line is great. I think Chelsea, all of a sudden, you're going to see them pick it up. They've got a win in Carabao Cup, win in league. They're against Burnley. It's minus 145, so almost even money. Then I like uh, Everton at home drawing to Burnmouth. I just have a, have a gut feeling. Then I've got Villa money line plus 110, almost even up money over Wolves. $5 wins you $63. So that's my gambling pick of the week. That's fair. Um Man, uh, I, I, I am, I am, I am nervous. Like I would have told you, you know, a week, two weeks ago, that I thought that Villa was like this. This should be where we get, excuse me, uh, three points out of you know, out of Wolverhampton. But we are going to Molyneux where they just won against City. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little nervous. Um, 
Draw? Sunday Sunday is going to be electric soccer, by the way. Uh, Brighton, Liverpool, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Villa, and Arsenal, Man City is just fire for uh, for schedule. Um, I did want to say that I'm going to uh, make the pick for the Brad Tyndall Memorial Lock of the Week this week. And for this week, my lock is... Nottingham Forest on the road at Selhurst Park is going to get the win over Crystal Palace. Ooh, Mark it down. Jake, Jake's uh, horny for that when he likes it. I bet he does. All right, you got any uh, rants here? No, I don't think so, man. I I, I, I love soccer. Um, I uh, I don't know what we can do content wise with this, and maybe uh, I'm, I'm just sounding this out in the air, but. I know that um, I've talked with Brad and we have a couple other buddies who um, aren't exactly quote unquote Premier League fans, but they do love betting. And, you know, in the past we have gone to, there's a casino that's kind of in between all of us that we've met up for, for morning soccer. The sport book is, the sport book table is literally next to the bar. Like you, like I turn around from my bar chair, I take five steps and I'm at the computer to do uh, sports betting. Um, so we've talked about doing that in this, in October. Um, if that comes up, um, we can cr- try to create some, uh, some pod content around some, some betting on that. So that'd be fun as well. Yeah. Um, I think it would be create, it would be fun to create some like fake units on the pod and, uh, make some bets and see how we do with fake money. And then maybe people would find it interesting to bet on what we're actually talking about for the record, Nottingham forest plus two fifty. Good money if they uh, if they beat Palace this weekend, for sure. Um, I will give, uh, and I don't know. Uh, again, uh, working this uh, this bit out on the air, but um, I did mention that uh, we do have a fantasy league um, with uh, with you and me and Jake and some other friends uh, of the pod, and then I'm also in another fantasy league. I will tell you that uh, value for your money right now. If you don't have Jared Bowen in your um, uh, in your traditional setup, right where you have like 100 pounds to set up a team, if you don't have Jared Bowen in your lineup right now, you are crazy. Even even right now, I think he's still only going for like 7.2 uh, dollars um, or 7.2 million. He's like, like, one hit wonder, right? He had like an amazing year, and then. Yes and no. I mean, he's been he's been pretty consistent the last two or three years um, for for West Ham. Um, again, you know, getting it done this season um, for West Ham, he, he always shows up for goals and assists for them. So, if he, uh, my uh, my fantasy advice um, for Premier League um, as we continue to sound out how uh, what lane we're going to ride in in this in this podcast. Um, my, my fancy advice to you is, is get Jared Bowen in your, in your lineups. If you don't already have him. Well, my fantasy advice for this week is that your mom makes a trip to my house when she visits DC. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't have gone she, I mean, she'll, she'll come right. over and just watch your kids. I mean, that, that'd be, that'd be the benefit <laughs> that'd be for awesome. you. <laughs> <laughs> Never come over then. Oh, my, uh, my final thoughts here are. Lie with the Bobcats. I do want to get another Maryland Bobcast in uh, soon. It's just been hard to do it, but they did lose tonight to Albion San Diego at home. 
they are fighting for a home playoff spot, which would to me would be really cool if they uh, got a home home playoff game in general. So I'm sorry they lost. I heard the game was a bit chippy. I didn't see it myself, but looking forward to the rest of the season. Looking forward to the playoffs. Can Can I ask? And you don't have to do ten minutes because we are at fifty six minutes. But are you? You know, especially because the Bobcast has been such a big part of this podcast network, if you will. Are you concerned at all? Interchanging one up while the other's down. Look, look over here. Yeah, don't, don't, don't look at the man. Podcast audience and then dropped them off the the cliff. Yeah, Yeah, we'll do prem again. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't look at the man behind the behind the curtain. Um, that haven't been said, but like you know, the Bobcats, the Bobcast has been always at least nothing else a steady theme of this um this pod arrangement are you worried at all about what the future of nisa and the bobcats looks like um yeah i don't know i don't know i'm definitely a little disenchanted by the whole by by everything, by by the the league, I'm a little disenchanted by the Bobcats. I don't know if anybody from the Bobcats has made it this far in the episode. Sometimes I like hold back from the truth a little bit, but I do think that they don't spend any money on the front office at all. They don't spend any money on marketing. They don't spend any money on ticket sales. There's a lot they don't do well. So I am a little disenchanted by the club in general. That being said, the products on the field in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area is so good. I do appreciate their coach, Alex Cal a lot. And the club itself, like, you know, they're trying, they're on a shoestring budget being professional, being professional team in the United States is really, really fucking hard. It's way easier to be an NPSL team. That's only spending on the front office, not spending on players at all. So I feel for them as well, but why be a professional club if you don't, try harder to sell tickets. I just don't get it. So I am a little disenchanted with the Bobcats right now, just being what, completely 100 with you. What's uh? I mean, if, all right, let's, let's play a quick hypothetical game. Um, Nisa, Nisa folds. Yeah. Is what's more viable NPSL or EPSL? I don't know much about EP, EPSL at all. I know that NPSL has more of a foothold in our region. I couldn't tell you who plays in the EPSL in the Maryland, D.C. area. And I pay attention to local soccer pretty pretty well. I know like Maryland Major League Soccer, which Bobcats 2 plays in pretty good league. I know UPSL is pretty good league. I can't decide whether I want to cut this audio out, out either about just shitting on the Bobcats because I do love them. And the, Oh, I don't, I don't think you're shitting on it. I think, that's, I think that should be the point. You're not shitting on them. Um, we talk about EPSL, it's like Nova FC, PW Nova, VA Marauders, Estudiantes, Grove Soccer United, Glenmont, Columbia FC, PFA, EPSL, and Ball I know, I know Columbia well. Carlos, shout out Carlos. I like Carlos. Good guy. They, uh, they also are the home of Fall River FC, which is like the oldest, whatever, club team in, in America. Um, so you, have to, you have to ride the coattails of... Annapolis Blues and the hype they're bringing in the Naptown area. They've already sold over 3,500 season tickets for next season. I like uh, Virginia Dream. Alexandria FC has a nice little following. To me, it's kind of the league to be in in this area. And part of me wants to start Footy Club FC and just say fuck it and, and do my own thing. But 
I'm a man with a job, and uh, perhaps I am a bit lazy. So, shout, shout out the Bobcats. I will always support them. Don't get me wrong. I love the Bobcats. The players are great. The team has been excellent this year. They're fourth place in the nine-team table, fighting for that home playoff spot. Dominating the Michigan Stars all of a sudden. Just had a 2-0 win on the road against them. After a nil-nil draw at home, which they deserved all three points. So, I don't know, Jimmy. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not really up to me. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to make you uh, question your allegiances. I was just no. uh, just asking as as a neutral. It's oh, a five minute I, rant there that you just got me on. It did feel <laughs> hours. Rooster and the villain podcast. podcast. That's the old that uh, intro. That, that's yeah. the best intro. Oh, it was good old Tyndall. Miss him. Miss him on here. Someday we'll get him back. I, I know he's doing his uh, Great Lakes Bonsai stuff again. He sent that video out. So, yep. um, I got to see him uh, last weekend. Like I said, I watched the Liverpool Tottenham game with him. Uh, still loves him some Spurs. Uh, and I know, I, I think he misses doing this, but you know he's uh, a beautiful house. Um, by the way, new new, new baby. Yeah, for Eating sure. Bonsai. They they have a lot. They have a lot of projects going on for sure. So. Um, we love to get him on again. Like I said, he, he contributes with, uh, his lock of the week. Uh, normally, um, I did normally this week, he but... does. I just texted him like as we were doing it. So that's yeah. why he doesn't have this. Good night. All the things you put inside, yeah, the accelerator It's the lies you tell yourself, yeah, we're all manipulators Now your heart is back, your lungs are fucked, so get the respirator It's the constant struggle, find ourselves our own detonators Borrowing from now, only to repay it later Like a student loan you can't afford on the paycheck of a waiter Rewiring my brain, yes, I am the instigator But it's made me think so different, I am the illustrator So I get a piece and breathe it in, I am the inhalator And so often this action's a creative facilitator Not sure if anyone's in charge of this life simulator Give us minds made to think that we're all imitators There's no mediator, orchestrator, cultivator, incubator Only Satan himself, yes, the infiltrator Agitator, deprecator, emulator Legislator, machinator, maxillarator, lacigator, blah blah la 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 la. This song was brought to you by rhymezone.com.